0: Hey, um, before, uh, before we uh, jump in uh, this morning to, uh, to our sermon, uh, man, I want to uh, share something with you guys, and I just love the way our worship team led us, and I just wanted to share uh, a few things with you. Hey, by the way, if you're here today for the very first time, my name's Mark, I'm the lead pastor here at Summit, and we're just excited to have you here today. And I'll tell you what, if today really is your first time, maybe it's your second time. Listen, we're just honored that you would come here today, and when you walked in today, you uh, hopefully got a connection card, and that just lets us know anything that God does in your life, any decisions you make. Man, we'd love to hear about it. But if you're here for the first or second time, uh, we've got a free gift for all of our first time guests and second time guests, and we'd love to give that to you after church out there in the lobby to your right. It's our area we call our next step area, it's our welcome table. There's all kinds of things on that table, and as soon as church is over, if you would take that connection card, it says first time guest, check that box. Visit that table. we got a free gift for every first, second-time guest that's in the room today. All right, And after this sermon, we're going to receive our offering. And anything that God does in your life, uh, anything that God does in, in your life, any decisions you make, prayer requests you have, we would love to hear about that from everybody. And we receive our offering after the sermon. And when those offering baskets come around, feel free, guys, to drop your connection card in there. Let us know what God does in your life today. Let us know how we can pray for you, because we really do pray for those. And so so we do that after church. We just want to know what God did in your life today. But I want to share something with you really quick. This is kind of the sermon before the sermon. I just uh, was thinking about today and praying for you guys, and for our church. And, and I want you to know, I have honestly been praying that this would be a season of miracles in our church. All right? I've honestly, for about the past two months, I've been praying every day, every day, I've been praying, God, would you, would you make this a season of miracles in our church? And, and here's the thing about miracles when I say that. Every miracle in the Bible, somebody had a part to play in the miracle, all right? Every miracle in the Bible, Jesus feeds the 5,000, that little boy had to bring his lunch. Every single miracle that God performs in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, yeah, God did it, it was a miracle, but God used people in the middle of the miracle. People had to play their part. And here's what I'm praying, and here's what I believe. I am praying that God would make this a season of miracles in our church. And I believe that you can experience a miracle. I believe that you can experience God's miracles in your life this season. More of His presence, all right? A closer walk with Him, God using your life. Listen, you can experience those miracles. But you've got to put yourself in a position to be used by God to get ready for when the miracle comes, all right? The worst place to be is on the sidelines watching the miracle while other people are playing their part in the miracle. And I am praying that God would not let anybody in this church sit on the sidelines and watch a miracle. I'm praying that you would play your part in the miracle this season, all right? And that means, man, listen, there are opportunities for you to jump in and be a part of the miracle. So i just tell you one thing that I'm talking about today. We begin receiving the Promise Keeper Christmas offering. And we've been talking about that for the past month. And today we begin receiving that. We're gonna, you can give to the Promise Keeper Christmas offering during the offering at the end of the service today. Right now you can open up the app and give to it. You can give to it on our website. We've been praying that we would receive $49,500. That would help us to secure the architect for our future campus. And also begin construction on our future campus. Now, one more thing that's really special, that if you weren't able to make it to the Generosity Banquet Friday night, out there at the impact table, we've got some preliminary drawings of what the building could look like on the inside from the architect. All right, There's two out there. We're not asking anybody to pick between A or B. We just want to give you a taste of what the building could look like. It's out there right now. You can stop by that table in the middle of the line challenging our church we're asking our entire church we've been talking about hey let's pray how you would give let's pray how god would lead you to be a part of it and i just believe that god could use that god wants to use that in our church and that we would see miracles as we take a step and follow him so don't just watch it happen be a part of it you, does this make sense no do you guys want to go home you guys want to go home? Because man, my pajamas were real comfy. I could go, I could go home right now, get in my underwear and eat Cheetos if you guys want to do that. Just, just let me know. I'll give you another example. December 20th is our Christmas uh, service. And December 20th is our Christmas service. We're having two, five o'clock and six thirty right here. And I'll tell you what we're doing at our Christmas service this year. Uh, every, every year we've always done crazy stuff at our Christmas service, haven't we? Like last year we did a rap video. And I couldn't remember my rap line. My, it was a line. And I couldn't remember my line, which shows I'm not supposed to be a rapper. And a year before that, the year before that, we did everything but set this building on fire. We had a drum line walk on stage. It was crazy. Um, and and this, year, this year, we just felt God really calling us to lean into the gospel. And we are pr- we're praying and planning what we are hoping is the most powerful service we've ever done. We're not jumping through hoops. There's no rap video because of me um but listen listen it we are we are december 20th we are unashamedly going to have the clearest presentation of the gospel that we've ever have ever had we are praying for the most powerful service and listen it's an opportunity for you to bring your family and friends to this service so that they might hear the gospel and give their life to jesus christ when you leave today you're going to get some invite cards to our christmas service Give them to everybody you work with. Give them to everybody you go to school with. Give them to everybody that has a pulse. Give them to everybody that tries to beat you up in Walmart for discount towels. All right? Do whatever you got to do to pack this place out on December 20th. All right? The posters went up this past week. But let's just pray that God does miracles on December 20th. That's what I'm praying. I'm not praying for big attendance. I'm praying for miracles. I'm praying for changed lives. All right? And so... um. So listen, listen, because I'm already, I'm already singing it in the room. Some of you just came to church just to say you came to church today, and you ain't looking to get nothing out of this. And that's why the guy next to you will leave closer to Jesus than you, and the only difference between you and him is he was leaning in, and you didn't expect nothing today. Right? Right? Somebody say, my amen corner. Somebody say amen. There we go. There we go right there. My amen corner. I'm going to give them all tambourines one day, and y'all going down. All right. So listen, you will get today, you will get this season exactly what you put into God this season. All right. If you want to reap a harvest, if you want to reap a miracle from God, you've got to sow towards it. You've got to get your heart ready. You've got to get your family ready. You've got to put yourself in a position for God to do a miracle in and through you. And if you're determined to sit on the sidelines and watch, you will miss it. And we'll all talk about it, and you won't experience it. So there's an opportunity. I'm just telling you, you, church, there's an opportunity for you this season to lean into God and to watch God do something in our church, in your life that maybe we've never seen before. Amen? I'm telling you, the opportunity is there. If we'll reach out and grab it. I'm going to pray for us because some of y'all need it. Some of y'all look like you're asleep still. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Look at the person you don't like, apparently. Tell them to wake up, too. On the other side, say, wake up. All right, here we go. Let's pray, God, wake us up. God, I pray that you would give us everything we need right now. Speak to us, draw us to you. God, I pray that you would give me the words to say, God, just get us ready for what you want to do today. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Hey, one more thing. Also, you got this special offering envelope. If you're going to give to the Promise Keeper Christmas offering, please use this envelope. All right, today, please use the special offering envelope for that at the end of the service. Today, we are in part two of our series, Promise Keeper. And what we're learning in this series is that God is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. If you missed Stephen's sermon last week, listen, I listened to it. And man, it was a really strong sermon. I'll tell you, if you missed it, you honestly, I'll tell you this. Not just because it's like a preacher thing to say the guy before you did good, even if it stunk. Uh, You need to go back, if you missed last week, Stephen talks about three things God never promised us, but we think that he did. You need to go back to last week and just to listen to those five minutes, if nothing else. I promise it's strong, all right? But what we're learning in this series is that God is a promise making and promise keeping God, and nothing stops God from keeping his promises. And so what we're we're discovering in this series is, is that the best thing to build our life on, the best promises to build our life on. Because listen, I'm going to talk about it on December 20th. We're all building our lives on some kind of promises. We all are. You might be here, you don't believe in God. And listen, I'm pumped that you're here. You're building your life on some kind of promise. Might be the promise that your boyfriend makes, girlfriend makes, money makes. Might be a promise you think your job makes. We're all building our lives on some kind of promise. But I'm telling you, the best place to build your life is on the promises of God. The best place to build your life is on the promises of God because nothing can stop god from keeping his promises. So I just want to teach us today about one simple principle, one one strong but very simple principle today, and it's simply this. There is power in the promise. There is power In the promise. I want to say to every person here. It doesn't matter how long you've been struggling with those anxieties and those insecurities. I want to say to the person here. Who listens to this sermon series and thinks you know what. God's promises are true for other people. But not for me. I want to tell you this is stronger than you think it is. There's more power here. There's more power in the promises of God. Than you think that there are. There is power in the promise. Can we all say that together? Let's all say it. There is power in the promise. So if you got a Bible on your phone, go ahead and open it up, turn it on. Whatever you got, however you're packing the Word of God today, open it up to Second Peter. Okay? Really tiny book in the back of the New Testament. Second Peter chapter one is where we're going to be today. Now, as you're turning that on, as you're finding it in your Bible, if you don't have a church background, you're new to the Bible, you're new to church, and you're thinking, man, listen, I barely came today because I was convinced the ceiling would cave in when I walked in. You think the Bible, you think church, you think Christianity is only for people who have it all together. Listen, thank God there is a first and second Peter in the Bible. Here's why. Peter was the same guy that denied that he even knew Jesus. Peter was the same guy that when they came to arrest Jesus, he grabs a sword, slices off the guy's ear because he's freaking out. Peter is the same guy who when Jesus first tells the disciples, guys, listen, I'm going to be crucified, Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, Jesus, that's a bad idea. Peter is a guy with rough edges. Peter is a guy that does not have it all together. So if you feel like that's you as well, you are in great company because we are reading from that man's book that man went on to preach the first sermon in the history of christianity jesus used his life to launch christianity the church as a movement and here we are a part of it today and god also used him to write two books in the new testament first peter and second peter i want us to read verse second uh, peter chapter one verses three and four it says this 2 peter one three and four his divine power sinful desire. See, God wants to say to us this morning through the two verses that we just read, there is power in the promises of God. They are stronger than you think. There is more power under the hood of the promises of God than you might realize this morning. And in fact, we want to see very quickly three things, three things that we can experience God's power from through His promises in our lives. Three ways the power of the promises of God can impact our lives. First thing that God wants to show us this morning is that there are power. there's power in the promises of God. There is power to be who God wants us to be. There's power to be who God wants us to be. Let me just begin to read in verse 3 again. I love what he says. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It says God's divine power has Granted, granted, did you notice that's in the past tense? Your Bible might say that God's given to us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Everything we need to be who God calls us to be. Everything we need to walk with Jesus, you already have it right now through the promises of God. You don't have to work to get it. You don't have to work to get it. You don't have to strive to get it. You don't have to read the Bible 27 times tomorrow to get everything you need to be who God calls you to be. No, the power to be who God calls you to be, you have it right now in the promises of God. God's already given it to you. So instead of listening to the lies that we tell ourselves, instead of listening to the lies that we tell ourselves when we say to ourselves that we could never walk with God the way that God wants us to, we could never be the man of God, we could never be the woman of God, I could never be the teenager that God wants me to be at my school. Instead of listening to the lies that I tell me or that the world tells me, maybe people in your life tell you, Maybe the devil is speaking into your life right now. Instead of listening to those lies, we need to listen to the promises of God. Because in the promises of God right now, church, is every single thing we need to be who God calls us to be. The problem for a lot of us is we just, we just listen to the wrong voices. We're listening to to my neighbor's voice. We're listening to somebody on television's voice. We're listening to all kinds of other voices when we need to turn up the volume on God's voice because God has given us promises and it is through those promises that you've got the power to be who God calls you to be. Listen, let's just get really practical. That's why we need to fill our hearts with the Word of God. That's why we need to fill our minds with the Word of God. Because see, see, it's in the promises of God. See, some of you right now, you're looking at your life. We can talk about holiness. Some of you are like, I'm not holy. Man, I've got all kinds of problems. I've got issues. I've got struggles. I wish that, Mark, you could describe me as holy. But listen, I'm not holy. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, a promise from God says that you are holy right now. says that, that you can be holy because Ephesians 1, 4 says that in Christ right now, you are holy. Holy and blameless. That's a promise from God. Anybody in this room, you, you struggle, you fight anxiety or fear. Anybody? I do. I do all the time. Listen, the promises of God give you the power to fight anxiety and fear because 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it should say 7, not 3, that's my fault. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says this, Cast all your anxieties onto God because what? Does anybody know? God cares for you. That is a promise. Mark, don't don't I need to clean myself off first before God cares for me? No. Mark, don't I need to keep the Ten Commandments first before God cares for me? No. Mark, don't I need to go to church for a year before God cares for me? No. Why? Because Stephen taught you so well last week. Every promise of God is what in Jesus Christ? Yes, in Jesus Listen, on the cross, Jesus is not only dying for your sin, He's not only purchasing the salvation of the world, He is purchasing every promise of God written in this book. And the proof that that transaction was approved by God is three days later, Jesus Christ came back from the dead. And right now, you can claim these promises, you can stand on these promises, you can build your life, you can fight anxiety fear, terror in your life, you can fight it by standing on the promise of God. When anxiety tells you no one cares, the promises say God cares. God cares. There's strength to keep going in the promises of God. Some of you, you're about to give up on God. You're about to give up on that situation. You're about to give up on that relationship. There is power to continue down the road. There is power to keep going in the promises of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 says, Consider Jesus. Think about Jesus. Meditate on Jesus. Consider Jesus who was ridiculed, who was scorned, who was mocked by men, so that you will not give up. Man, that's a good word. Consider Jesus who was mocked, scorned, ridiculed, beaten, killed so that you won't give up. Think about the fact he didn't give up and he had you on his mind. Think about the fact that he endured the cross and he had you on his mind. Jesus didn't give up. There is power to keep going for you through him in his promises. Do you you see this? Does this make sense? See, we've got to get past that this is ink on a page. Did you know that God didn't put this down so that you and I could Instagram it? Now, I Instagram it all the time, right? But God didn't. The purpose of the Bible is not simply so you can tweet it or slap it on a coffee mug and there's a deer drinking out of the creek, you know, as a deer pants for the stream of water, you know? No, God put word on a page so that you could build your life on it, so that you could believe it. Listen, that's what faith is. I'm not sitting here today trying to pump you up. I'm not trying to get you excited today. I'm trying to talk to you about how faith works, because this is what faith is, believing God. Watch this verse here, Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Did you see it? It doesn't say without faith, it's it's hard to please God. It doesn't say without faith it's kind of difficult to please God. No, it says unless you believe God, it's impossible to please God. To believe, to cast your life on his care, to cash it in on him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So in the promises of God, there is power to be who God has called you to be. Second thing we need to see this morning, listen, in the promises of God, there is power to do what God has called you to do. In the promises of God, there's power to do what God calls you to do. The power to do what God calls me to do is not in me, amen? It's not in you. The power to do what God calls you to do, that dream that God's put in your heart, that vision that God's given your family, the power to make that happen is not in you. Because, hey, listen, if it is in you, then it ain't from God, amen? If it's in you to pull it off, if you don't need God to do it, then God's not leading you to do it. But the power to do what God is calling you to do, it is in God. And we can access that power through the promises of God. I love how John Piper says it. John Piper simply says it this way He says, We access God's power by plugging into his promises. We access the power of God by plugging into, connecting, believing his promises. So you can speak up for your faith even when you're afraid. Why? Because Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says that when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Did you know that's a promise? Listen, listen, I'm a preacher. I went to seminary. I, got, I, 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 I did all that stuff. But hey, and, and, and I love Bible studies. I love reading theology. I'm all for all that stuff. You need to read those things. But listen, don't think that you can't speak up for Jesus and tell people about what you believe until you've had enough Bible studies and read enough books. No, listen, if the Spirit of God is in you, all you need to simply do is step out in spite of your fear and watch the Holy Spirit give you the words to say. Watch what He'll do. Watch Him. You can speak up for your faith. You can step out for your faith. You can take risks and do scary things for God because Joshua 1 9 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So you can take risks. You can invite that person to church on December 20th. I got a Facebook message this morning. Next week's our kids' takeover. It's going to be awesome. There's all kinds of cute kids on stage, and they're going to do all kinds of funny things. But I got, a, I got a Facebook message this morning from somebody whose kid is going to be in the kids' takeover, and they were so excited because next week they have family members that they've been trying to get to church for years. They heard that just, their grandchild is going to be on stage here next week. They're coming to Summit next Sunday, and this person shared with me they're pretty confident they haven't been to church in 40 years. Next week. So, hey, listen, if you've got kids going to be up here and you've been trying to get those people to church, invite them, and if they say no, just slap them in the face because they must be so cold-hearted they don't want to watch your cute kid up here. Right? Come on, man. You can take a risk for God. You can invite that person to church. Hey, some of you, God is telling you to give to the Promise Keeper Christmas offering, and it makes no sense for you to give right now. Let's be honest. And you can take that step And you can be obedient to God, and you might say, you know what, it doesn't make sense for me to do it right now, but God says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. God will be with me. And when you take that step, watch how the promise-keeping God shows up in your life. See, there's power to be who God calls you to be. There's power to do what God calls us to do. And the last thing we need to see this morning is that there is power to be transformed in the promises of God. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I am a sucker for home renovation shows. Anybody a sucker for home renovation shows? I used to love that show Extreme Home Makeover, right, with that really hyper dude. Remember that? I used to love that show. And they'd park that bus inside of the ha- in front of the house, and, you know, they used to live in, like, this, you know, one-room, you know, shack and the bus drives away and now it's like a mansion you know and all this stuff i used to love those i used to love this one show i was thinking about it this week i can't even remember the name of it but this the premise of the show was a guy would walk around lowe's and home depot with a camera crew and he would walk up to people and say hey do you need work done on your house and they would say some people would say no and i'm like you're crazy he's clearly going to do something for free right i told my wife about this show one time i said listen if you're ever in lowe's or home depot and a camera crew comes up and asks about our house tell them it's falling apart and we need them now I don't care who they are. But they would just walk up to people. Hey, do you need work on your garage? Do you need work on your bathroom? And they would go and they would just do amazing things. Just compl- I'm just a sucker for these kind of things. Just total renovation. Listen, God does not want to sort of change your life. God wants to do a complete makeover. God wants to do a total renovation. I mean, the proof is in this one phrase. Let this phrase blow your mind there in verse 4. So that through the promises of God, let's just read verse 4. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through the promises of God, watch this, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Say, Mark, I'm an angry person. Mark, I'm a worrier. Mark, I'm this. No, listen, in Christ, you can share the divine nature of Jesus. You want to know what God wants to do in your life in 2016? I can tell you you God's will for your life in 2016. God wants to make you more like Jesus next year. And that that might mean that you go out and you change the world. Or it might mean that you just stay faithful where you're at. But God wants to make you like Jesus next year. And the determining factor on whether or not that's going to happen is your capacity to have faith in the promises of God. See, my problem is that I spend too much time looking at my situation and not enough time looking at the promises of God. My problem is that I spend too much time listening to the lies of fear and all kinds of other voices and not enough time listening to the promises of God. It reminds me of the story of the birth of Jesus. It's Christmas time. I'm a preacher, I'm supposed to talk about that right now. Right? I noticed something a couple of weeks ago when I was putting this sermon together. When Gabriel comes to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, it says that Joseph has a dream. Joseph has a dream, and Gabriel tells Joseph, Joseph, Mary, the woman that you're engaged to, she's a virgin, you know that, everybody knows that, and she's pregnant. And she is going to give birth to God. Now, if you had a dream like that, what would you do when you woke up? I would probably not I would probably just chalk it off to I probably ate too much taco bell the night before. Clearly that doesn't agree with me. Do you know what Matthew chapter 1 verse 24 says Joseph does when he wakes up? Watch this. I put it on the screen. When Joseph woke up, watch this. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. See, the Joseph's Joseph's surroundings, Joseph's reality went completely against what Gabriel said. There's no way. Virgins don't have babies. Especially God with skin on babies. There's no way. Joseph's surroundings went completely against the promise that Gabriel just spoke over Joseph's life. But when Joseph woke up and did what the angel told him to do, Joseph teaches us a promise that we all need to learn, and it's simply this, that God's promises are the greatest reality in my life. No matter what I see, no matter what I might say, no matter what other people might say, at any given time in your life and in mine, the promises of God are the greatest reality in our lives. So, something I just want you to know today as we're done today that there is more power in this than you think. There is power in the promises of God to be who God calls you to be, to do what God calls you to do, and to be radically transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. But the problem is that a lot of, them, a lot of people, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else, leave the promises of God and their power on the table. Imagine one of these boxes right here. Imagine, I got you this for Christmas. I got you this for Christmas. Imagine I call you up this week and I say, hey, listen, I got you a Christmas present. It's sitting on my dinner, my, my dining room table. Why not you come over and pick it up? And you say, all right, I'll come over tomorrow. And tomorrow comes and goes. You get too busy. You say, Mark, I'll come next week. And you don't come and pick it up. Then the week after that goes by, Mark, listen, listen, I, it's, it's Christmas time. I'm so busy. I'll get it after the new year. The new year comes and goes You don't come to my house. In fact, you never come. This box with your name on it sets on my dining room table and you never come and get it. And what I don't tell you is in this box I put a million dollars. Clearly, this is a made-up illustration. This is yours. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is yours. It's got it's got your name on it. There's a million dollars in this box, and it's yours. Technically, you're a millionaire. But you're just leaving it on the table. Something that could radically alter, the, radically alter the direction of your life, possibly. You're just leaving it on the table. I want you to know today, church, that greater than a million dollars in a box are the promises of God. And there is more power in the promises of God than in your addiction right now. And there is more power in the promises of God than in that situation that you're in right now. There is power in the promise. Would you pray with me? God, right now we just pray for an increase of faith, God. I love what John said earlier. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to just come to church and then go home. God, we, we want... Everything that you have for us. That's what we want. And there is power in the promises of God. There is power to be transformed, to change. To be a different man, to be a different woman. There is power in the promises of God to stand up in a culture that's walking away from you. There's power in the promises of God to make a difference in our schools. There's power in the promises of God to change this region and the world. And God, we don't want to leave anything on the table. We want everything that you have for us. And so, Father, right now, right now, we just simply sum this morning up with praying, God, give us faith. God, give me more faith. Me, me. Give me more faith. Increase my faith. Increase the faith of every man in this church. Increase the faith of every woman, of every teenager. Increase the faith of our church. And God, that we would not be content with anything left on the table, God. We would want it all. We would want everything that you have for us. Anything in our lives that you want to change. Anything in our lives that you want us to confess. Anything in our lives that you want us to leave because you've got something better for us. God, we want everything you've promised. We want everything Jesus bought for us. So give us more faith. And that's our prayer this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is that your prayer? I wonder, just by simply raising your hand, how many people in the crowd right now would just simply raise your hand and say, say, Mark, that's my prayer. I want God to increase my faith and believe the power of His promises." Raise your hand. Excuse me, raise your hand right now. Hands all over. Hands all over this room are going up. And just pray that right there in your seat. God, give me faith. God, increase my faith. God, increase my faith. Help me to believe the power and the promise. But listen, this starts. The only way you can experience the power of God's promises in your life is to have God in your life. It's to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And earlier you you heard John read that if we confess our sins to God, God's faithful to forgive us. So if you're here today, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or who you are, if you go to God right here in this moment and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I need you to save me. I want your forgiveness. I want a relationship with you. I am telling you based on the authority of the Word of God that God will forgive you for all of your sin, past, present, and future. The Holy Spirit will come into your life and you will leave, not perfect, but changed forever. And you can have the confidence of knowing that God will never leave you in this life or the next. Do you want that? Do you want that? Do you want a relationship with Jesus Christ? If so, it is yours. You've got to grab it. Don't leave it on the table. Reach out and grab it. Right now, this is your opportunity to do just that. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. This is a simple prayer of faith to help you express what God's doing in your life. If you want to begin a relationship with God, just invite you to pray this prayer with me today. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I want a relationship with you. I want to live for you in this life and be with you in the next. So forgive me for my sin. Save me now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Amen. No one is looking around. No heads are up, eyes looking around. Did you just pray that prayer? Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, You made the best decision you've ever made. And I just want to celebrate that with you. I'm going to count to three. As soon as I count to three, if you prayed to give your life to Jesus Christ today, shoot your hand high up in the air to indicate that decision. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you made that decision today. Here's a hand right here. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Say, today's the day I gave my life to Jesus for the first time. Anyone else? Here's what we're going to do right now. Right now? In just a moment, we're about to receive our offering. So I ask our ushers to come up front. So all of our ushers can come up front here right now. You can come on. And any preparation that you need to make to give to this offering, you go ahead and make that preparation. If you're giving to the Promise Keeper Christmas offering, put that in that envelope. And anything that God did in your life today, any decision that you need to make, anything that you would like for us to pray about, put it on that connection card and drop it in the basket here in just a moment. But here, here's what we're going to do right now. We are receiving the offering. And listen, listen, listen. Let's just try to stay as still as we possibly can, all right? Don't, nobody move. Nobody move. We're receiving the offering. The offering is simply this. God, this is yours. What if you did that with your whole life right now? So here's what we're going to do. Right now we're going to give, but also this altar is open. This altar is open. And anybody that would need to come and pray, you come up here and pray. I would love to pray with you today. But as you give today, our worship team is going to lead us in a song that I guarantee everybody knows. And let's just offer our lives to God. Amen, church? Let's offer our whole lives to Him for He is worthy. So let's all stand this morning. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray for us. And if you need to come up front and pray, if I can pray with you, you just come up front. As soon as we say amen, you take all the time you need. You give as God is leading you to give today as our ushers receive this offering. But let's worship God and, and just declare His greatness this morning. Let's, let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus, as we've seen people give their lives to you, God, as people have has said, God, increase my faith. God, I pray that right now we would lay our lives down as an offering. God, we would reconnect our relationship with you. God, as we give, I pray that we would give by faith. pray that people would give to the Promise Keeper Christmas offering. God, that people would would give and step out and, and give sacrificially. God, this is the offering, and we offer our whole lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our, our ushers are going to begin to take our offering. Let's sing this song. But listen, I invite anybody, you come up here and pray. If you if you want to give your life to Christ, you want to pray with somebody, this altar is open. You want to ask God to give you more faith, you come up here and pray while we sing this song. You just come right now. You come right now. As people are moving, you come. Worship team, lead us.
1: Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art! How great. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee How great thou art, how great thou art And when I think of God, His Son, not sparing sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin, then sings my song. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and lead me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim.